I'm Kaitel. And I'm Joe. And we're the United Mates. Back in our school days, a shared passion for football brought us together as best friends. Today, we're separated by an ocean. I live in our hometown, London. And these days, I live in LA. But we still enjoy nothing more than chatting about the beautiful game. So we started a podcast. Join us. A few more old mates from school here and there. And new friends too from the world of professional football and beyond. This is the United Mates Football Podcast. Hello, welcome and welcome back to the United Mates Football Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Kaitel, and as always, I'm joined here in LA from back in our hometown of London by my co-host, Joe. We do also have a special guest with us on the call. She's a journalism apprentice at TalkSport, where she covers breaking news and viral stories from the world of football. You can also find today's guest writing about her beloved addicts for Voice of the Valley, the much-loved Charlton Athletic fanzine. We welcome Tash Everett to the United Mates Football Podcast. Tash, thanks so much for joining us. It's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast. How's it going? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. A little birdie, a.k.a. Tash, mentioned that this is her first podcast, so hopefully we'll, um, yeah, we won't scare you off doing... <laughs> yeah, go easy on me. Go easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. So, uh, Joe, recently and up until this past week, uh, Arsenal have had the upper hand on, on your team Spurs, and so this part of the intro is typically has been a bit of a free hit for me. But given the results at the weekend with Arsenal getting trashed at Anfield and Conte's Spurs getting their stuff together to beat Leeds, I think a simple, how's it going, mate, we'll have to do. <laughs> no, I, I definitely have to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, Arsenal lost 4-0, which was great. And then, yeah, Tottenham won and all it took was Conte sort of cheering a bit and now I really like him. So fantastic. You know, that's that's all it takes for a football fan. You just need a bit of passion um, from the manager, apparently. But um. As Kai said, Tash, we're delighted to have you on the podcast today. And um, when we have a guest on the podcast, we always have an icebreaker question for the guest. So okay. we've, got one. Yeah, we've got one for you. And um, we've had a look at your Twitter, Tash, and we've noticed that you posted an image of a Zhengji Shelton mug. Ah, I did. Good spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what a player. Oh, yeah, what a mug. Do you know <laughs> what? It got so much more attention than I thought it would. I was just working from home and I thought, oh, this is quite funny. I'll just tweet this. And they got loads of attention. <laughs> I was like, oh. So that's, um, yeah, I mean, what, what a mug. But um, I guess you could call that quite a, a weird piece of football memorabilia. So we are going to ask you, we'll, we'll, we'll answer first, but if you own... I don't know, what what else have you got which you would consider quite a weird piece of football memorabilia? And like I said, you just think about it for a sec. We'll, we'll start. You can mull it over. I think mine, it's not that weird, but it's weird because I'm a Spurs fan and I, I definitely had it when I was younger. I had a Ryan Giggs key ring, um, which is random. I went, I, I went to Man U when I was younger with a friend. Yeah, so I had that, which is just more strange that I had it. Um, but Kai, how about you? What was your um, your weird football memorabilia that you, um, you own or used to own? Did you keep um, the keys to your other girlfriend's house on the hearing? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I really. I, <laughs> luckily, I don't think I, I. I think if I was a man, you found I'd probably have to chuck that keyring in the bit anyway. But uh, <laughs> but what um, what about you, Kai? What then? Um, what did you? I've got something here with me that I'll. Or if you're watching the video, you can see, is a a dog collar. It's an Arsenal 
<laughs> Arsenal dog collar that my mom got me. I do have dogs. It's not some weird, <laughs> not some weird thing you got going on. No, yeah. no. Otherwise, I do have a Spurs kit randomly as an Arsenal fan. It, it is signed by. <laughs> it's signed by a bunch of the Spurs players, and I have a a friend who's got a connection at Spurs, and it was like a, a gift thing. But it, it's kind of like it pushed all the way back in the closet. It hasn't really seen the light of day for a while. But <laughs> Tash, besides the Zhengzhi mug, which is fantastic. <laughs> What other sort of bizarre memorabilia might you have? So I can blame my dad for this and my mum. They're both Trump supporters as well. My whole family are. But um, over the years, they acquired some interesting mugs, not just the Zhengji one. Um, and we actually still have, for some reason, Alan Pardew mug in our cupboards. Right. And bearing in mind, Charlton fans absolutely hates Alan Pardew, not just because he got us relegated. We just don't like him anyway. And I said, you know, this is over 10 years ago. I said to my mom and dad the other day, I was like, right, question. Why do we still have this in the cupboard? They were just like, I don't know. I just never thought to get rid of it. I was like, <laughs> so yeah, that's probably the weirdest bit memory Peter that we have in our house, to be honest. Hard. What a man. I think, again, we've spoken about it on the podcast before. We can all remember the, the dance that he did um, in the, the FA Cup final when Palace went up against uh, United. So he's a bit of an iconic fella. Um, yeah, I remember um, me and my parents as we ran around the living room after that because obviously they ended up losing. And it was just, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, I guess Alan Pardew is going to be the, the butt of the jokes on, on this episode, perhaps. But <laughs> Speaking about, you mentioned obviously he was, you know, Charlton manager um, that unfaithful season when when they ended up getting relegated. But taking things back even before that, I suppose, and more personally about yourself, we always like to ask our guests um, where their story with with football, the beautiful game, playing, watching, supporting, kind of started. So from your childhood, what are some early memories that you have of following football, getting interested in football, and getting interested in Charlton? So it all started really, I, I kind of didn't have a choice when it came to supporting Charlton. I mean, as I say, like my mum and dad are both Charlton supporters. My granddad is, my nan is, their parents were. So it's just been a family affair, really. And I, so I think I went to my first game when I was three, which is a lot older than I thought I would be. Like, I would have thought my parents would take me like, as soon as I was born, not going to lie, but they waited until I was three. Um, and it's so annoying looking back now because I think when, well, when Charlton were in the Premier League, we got relegated when I was nine. So when we were playing Man United and just beating Chelsea, you know, as you do week in, not week in, week out, that's, <laughs> that's how you reckon it, but on a regular basis anyway, um, beating those um, high-level teams, um, I just didn't appreciate it. Like, I thought it was just the norm to be in the Premier League. And now I look back and, you know, mid-table in League One, and I'm like, wow, I wish I could open my eyes. But, um, yeah, so I think my earliest memory is probably being about five or six. And I actually, funnily enough, really did not like football when my parents used to take me. Um, I used to sit on my Nintendo DS, right? And I used to be playing like Nintendogs and Mario Kart and all that sort of stuff and going on like Picto Chat <laughs> because I was so bored. And like people would say to them, but my friends that sit in our family friends are like, I remember when you used to go to Charlton and you used to sit on your Nintendo and you weren't interested one bit. Like, what changed? Um, and I think it was around when I was about 13 or 14. And um, I'm originally from Southeast London, but I moved to East Kent when I was about nine um and so near like Ramsgate it's like the coast of Kent um and went to school around there and made loads of friends around there and obviously because Charlton's the biggest club really 
um, near Kent. So because otherwise you've got Gillingham and Dover and all due respect to them, they're not the most attractive clubs. So there was a lot of Charlton fans around me and um, I met this group of boys and basically I started going with them all the time. Um, and that's how I really fell in love with it, really, because I think realising that it, obviously it's amazing going with my family. Like that's something I treasure a lot, especially now I don't live at home. But going with a group of friends at my age and I just I just fell in love with it from then on, really. Yeah, Joe and I have been to a few games together. I was stupid enough to take him to uh, the Arsenal versus Spurs game when Spurs came back to tie 4-4 at the Emirates. It was a, a low point. Yeah, a big low point. And I remember Joe taking me to a Spurs game and them reading out the, the scores from the other fixtures around the Premier League. And it was the day that Arsenal had beaten Chelsea 2-1 at Stamford Bridge. And I foolishly let out a bit of a cheer and then immediately kind of had to like look around to make sure Spurs fans weren't circling <laughs> in on for, for the kill. But I guess something quite impressive, Tash, that you've done, and who knows if your Nintendo travelled with you, is that you've gone to 71 different football grounds um up and down the country presumably and possibly who knows maybe outside of england as well but i guess the question is quite simply outside of the valley stadium what are your favorite and least favorite stadiums that you've been to and why that's a hard question i was talking about this with someone the other day actually so um i went to sunderland uh last month actually it's one of those grounds that i really should have done earlier in my life but i just never had the opportunity and then last uh, month we played them it was the game after Nigel Adkins had been sacked by Charlton and Johnny Jackson had come in as caretaker manager. And we weren't expecting anything at all, to be honest, but we managed to win 1-0. But the Stadium of Light is incredible. Um, I haven't been that high up in the way ground for a long time. <laughs> um, you know, I can't think this is, well, when we were in the last in, in the championship, otherwise I'm used to like one tier, maybe like standing kind of away ends. Um, so that was incredible. The worst ground. See, I could say Millwall, but that just sounds like I'm being biased, but it genuinely isn't a donut's ground. Um, I actually live near the den um, and I can hear it when I open my back door. And it, obviously when I first moved in uh, back in like February, March, it was COVID and I couldn't, I, there was no one there, there were no fans. Now the games decided to come back whenever I'm not in the valley and they've got a game on, I can hear it. So I said to my house, I was like, shut the door, shut the door. Um, but yeah, Mills up there with grounds that I really don't like. Um, I would say... Luton arguably but at the same time I actually kind of love it because it's so unique and because you have to go proper through people's back gardens to go and up this rickety staircase into the away end so I kind of love to hate Luton's ground in a way I think Kenilworth Road is actually yeah it's it's horrible but I love it <laughs> God, yeah Kenilworth Road I've been there before as well and I went there on a particularly rainy Saturday afternoon which just added to the the slight melancholy. I mean, it's like you said, it's cool. You walk through the um, the houses and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I think that's that's one of the more interesting grounds I've been to. But um, yeah. let's talk a bit about TalkSport now, Tash, because obviously, mm. as Kai said earlier, you are a journalism apprentice there. So what I first want to know, Tash, is what was it about TalkSport that motivated you to apply for a role there? So um, TalkSport actually offered a really kind of great pathway into journalism sports journalism obviously in particular um I'm sure Sky and BT all offer apprenticeships as well but this is just one that I came across and you know I'd listened to TalkSport before TalkSport has a lot of presenters on there that I have quite you know <laughs> childhood love for like Darren Penn and Matt Holland or all of that 
but um obviously that's not the only reason i applied there <laughs> but yeah so they had a really great pathway um into careers in journalism and i'd studied um politics at the uni of reading uh, i graduated during the pandemic last year still waiting on my graduation ceremony there but um yeah so when i left uni i kind of picked politics because i loved it it's one of my strong interests but i didn't i didn't want to do a career in it uh, my parents had done careers in politics and yeah i i seen what well, you know <laughs> their jobs day in day out so it's not for me I just had an interest in it and you know typically most people when they graduate end up coming out and think okay well i've got a degree but i don't really know what i'm going to do with it now um and i always thought I'd, I'd absolutely love to get into sports journalism i just think it's such a concentrated you know industry there's so many amazing talented people going for it you know you see them all over your timelines like pete on twitter people that don't work in sport journalism but should because they're, they're that knowledgeable but they just can't find an opportunity so i um one day i was just scrolling on twitter and obviously saw that um talks about advertising an apprenticeship so i thought okay this is a long shot I'm going to get this so let's just give it a go anyway um and there was like three interview stages and every time I got through to the next one I was like right okay <laughs> I didn't expect that at all um but yeah so it it managed to pad out in the end I mean the good thing about it was they weren't looking for candidates that had experience but they didn't want someone that had already been polished and you know already knew exactly what they were doing they wanted to bring someone in who had a passion for sport and mold them into like you know an employee or the journalist that could work for them and yeah so it's it's going really well fantastic well delighted to hear it's going well and also delighted to hear i'm speaking to a fellow politics graduate yeah there you go i love that well, there we go where did you <laughs> study I studied at the University of Exeter. That's ah. actually that's why I went to Kenilworth Road because I'm a bit of an Exeter City fan now. Well. Ah, I see. So, okay, second yeah. team, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm um, going to talk a bit more about Talk Sport now. So, I guess I'm not going to say it's a criticism, but one of the things Talk Sport sometimes is, I suppose, criticised for is that sometimes some of the talking points will be quite sort of controversial. They'll mm. you know, they'll say stuff in order to get people to phone up and scream down the phone line. So that's that's so that that will start there. That's a, a maybe a potential negative side of Talk Sport in mm. some people's eyes. But look, you're at Talk Sport. You're working there. Um, what is your favourite thing about Talk Sport, and why? Oh, my favourite thing about TalkSport. Get the dog out first. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the dog out's great. I actually, I've been there for like four months and I hadn't had a picture on it yet. And we had um, Football Shirt Friday last week um, in support of the Boy Moore Fund for bowel cancer. And I was in my child's shirt. I thought, you know what? If not now, when? This <laughs> yeah. great opportunity. So um, apart from the dugout, obviously, like, as I said before, that's the only reason I picked the job, but walking past your childhood heroes is bad as well, like <laughs> Darren Bell or whatever. But no, I think, um, you know what? Something that's really surprised me is just how welcoming everyone is. Like, not that I would ever have thought, like, everyone's going to be horrible. That's not it at all. But, you know, when you start in an industry that's very male-dominated, it's very, you know, everyone's very professional. Everyone's got, like, boats more experience than me. I'm kind of coming into this very new. I didn't really know what to expect. But, honestly, I can't I can't fault it at all. Like, everyone has been so welcoming. And there's me and 
out of the sports writers um, on the TalkSport digital team. So we got a floor with all the uh, recording studios and all the people that work on social media and management. And then you have a floor of the digital team, which is people that do the online articles and the social media on that side of things and the, uh, app content. So on my team, there's two girls and I think there's about 22 guys um, so obviously walking into that, you think, oh my God, like <laughs> everyone's a guy here, but they've all been so lovely. Um, so I think, yeah, that would probably be my favorite thing about TalkSport is the people. I think it's, it's really pleasantly surprised me and they've all been so welcoming. Well, fantastic. That's always, you know, that's always important. And I mean, it's very cool that your first job after graduating is at such a big organisation like TalkSport. So, yeah, well done on that. <laughs> there we go. We've talked a bit about TalkSport. Um, time for a game now, I think. And it's a, it's a classic game that we often have on this podcast. It's called Who Are You? It's very simple. There will, well, there will be three mystery players, basically, that I will, um, well... The, 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 I will tell you the clue in a second, but um, you and Kaitel will essentially guess who the mystery player is. It's as simple as that. Um, the clue is the same for each of the three players. They all played for Charlton Athletic. <laughs> it's as vague as that, and sometimes I wonder if it should be less vague, but there we go. They all played for Charlton Athletic. Um, okay. um, we'll start with the first one. You guys can ask me any question, really, and we'll just see if you can get them. So yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get exposed here, honestly. We'll <laughs> it'll, it'll all be revealed, but yeah, <laughs> Ash or Kai, if you want to ask a question, we can get going with player number one. Do they still play or are they retired? Oh my god, I was about to say this guy was retired. He technically still plays this guy, but that he just he he hasn't played for Charlton for a, a long time. Okay, so. okay. Did, did he? Oh, sorry. <laughs> did he play for Charlton in the Premier League? He did play for Charlton in the Premier League, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Is he English? He was born in England. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, careful, right? Ooh. Is he younger than 40? He's not, no. He's not. 43 years old. Oh, oh wow! He's playing. He's playing at like non-league level in London, um, but very, very much non-league level. I'll tell you the team at the end. Don't just don't think of him as does a player. He, does he play for a Caribbean nation? Like if he's not yet. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he represented a Caribbean nation on ten occasions. Actually. Okay, I, I have an idea, but I'll let Tash have a guess if she if she has an idea. I I honestly don't know. I've got a couple in my head, but no, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take the risk. <laughs> uh, uh, Jason Yule. It's not a bad guess, but no. No, he's he's um he's our assistant manager actually at the moment. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, he's deputy yeah. to Jacko, who's our caretaker still. Oh, moment, so. we'll, we'll be talking about him a bit more later. Honestly, I'm I'm as stumped as you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now that was my. That was my shot in the dark with Jason Newell. Uh, He's over 40. Yeah, he, he played after he, he left Charlton, actually, the year they got relegated by the looks of things. Oh, that should really help me, but it's still not. <laughs> Is he a, a striker? He's a striker, yeah. Striker. Like Sean Bartlett was what South African? Yeah, it's not sure. Nice. He's too old now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say this guy was the most prolific of strikers, but he was. He was like he was sort of good in his own way. I suppose he, he went on to have a decent career in the the lower leagues, Championship, League One kind of level. 
Yeah, this is a real stomp. I'm stumped. I'm actually something you're going to say it. And I'm going to be like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Joe, do you have any like little breadcrumbs? Well, it's so he. I'll tell you a few of the other team. The the team he went to after Charlton was Colchester back when they were in the championship. They all they all go to Colchester yeah. though. This is the problem. Yeah, and then actually he he then went he he went to Ipswich after that, and then. It, Towards the end of his career, he had a really long spell at Leighton Orient. He played 111 times for that. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. No, that didn't. <laughs> that still hasn't helped. Oh, I, I might have stumped both of you. This is amazing. I think you have. Yeah. My dad, um, my dad's going to be shouting at me when he listens back to this. Honestly, I feel like Kai. I feel like you you will know this guy. Maybe. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Do you, do you want me just to reveal it? Yeah. I think let's like, get ready for say it. it. It's Kevin Lisby. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! Is <laughs> yeah. he still playing? Yeah, I didn't know plays, that. He plays. For, I mean, I say he's still playing. He plays for Cray Valley Paper Mills. So I mean, they play in the um, the Isthmian League Southeast Division. So when I say still playing, nice. no, very loosely. So that was Kevin Lisby. But um, <laughs> we'll move on. And actually, the clue. The clue I'll give you for this one is this guy didn't play for Charlton in the Premier League. He only played for them in Championship or below. So that'll be the clue and you can go from there. Okay. Did he have a more kind of like well-known career in the Premier League at any point? I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say, yeah, as in, yeah, he, in recent years, he has played Premier League games. Oh. Hmm. Is he a striker? No, quite the opposite. Oh. Okay, so is he a centre back? No. Oh, you mean he's a? Oh, he's a goalkeeper. Yeah, he's a goalie. Right. Um, is he retired? No, he's not actually. You don't think Scott Carson are you? No, that's (sighs) that's a good shout though. He yeah, he played. I forgot he played for Charlton. No, no, I'm not thinking him. Does he still play in the Premier League? Technically, yes, but he's a sub goalie. Back up, yeah. Oh, Rob I, Elliott. I, I'd even wager he's a third choice guy. Ooh. It's not Wait, Rob Elliott, is it? Tashi got it. Yes. Got it. Yes. Rob <laughs> Elliott. What a shout. Yeah, yeah. Rob Elliott. Um, who kind of it looks like started playing for Charlton. He was he was at Charlton when they were in the Premier League. He must have been young, but it was Yeah, he was in the youth setup, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He played the championship in League One for Chelsea. So that's... I was gonna say Darren Randolph. Who did also play for it? Yeah, he did. Yeah. A, I think still a backup Premier League keeper. Yeah, for West Ham. Anyways, that was <laughs> wrong though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there we go. We've got those. And then I've got one more player for you. And again, my clue for this guy is again, he, he played in the, the post Premier League era for Chelsea. Hi. Hmm. Is he still playing? He is still playing, yeah. Is he likewise a Premier League footballer? He is a Premier League footballer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is he below 25, under 25? He's not, no. Okay. Does he start for his team? Yeah, I'd say most of Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say yes. Okay. Is he a centre-back? He's not a centre-back, no. Hmm. He's English. He's English. He's even played six times for England. 
not Joe Gomez. No, that's who I was thinking of. No, no, he left. He did also leave Charlton when he was young, though. But he did play for them for a couple of years, presumably when he was a teenager. Played for England six times. Is he a midfielder? Yep, he is. Oh, coming to my head. (laughs) I think I know. This guy got it. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a legend, John Joe Shelby. I'd, I'd say he starts for Newcastle. I don't know if that... Does he? Am I, am I right? Or was he a there was definitely player? a time when he was, yeah, like one of the <laughs> yeah. on the team yeah. sheet. Um, yeah, there, we, there we go. John Joe Shelby, formerly of Charlton. I mean, Kevin Kevin Lisby eluded everybody. But, mm. but, but you know, you got you got the other two. So I think that's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a solid effort in my book. Yeah, and I, as Tash was fearing, did not put her to, to shame or expose her by, by any means. <laughs> not, not too much anyway <laughs> yeah, no, that was a, a nice diplomatic tie um one apiece which, which we like here on the podcast <laughs> but sticking with charlton um let's chat a bit about kind of their current situation uh they just came off the back of a 2-0 win over top of the table side plymouth argyle uh so that's bumped charlton up to 12th place in league one where they played these days and one of our former guests actually connor washington even even managed to bag one of the goals um, well done, Connor. The postman uh, from back in the day is still still delivering the goals. Um, <laughs> so how much of Charlton's recent rise in form, Tash, would you put down to caretaker manager and Charlton legend Johnny Jackson? And should he be awarded the job on a, a permanent basis? But I just want to give you a little extra context before you answer that, which is another one of our former guests, Anthony Costa, revealed that Johnny Jackson is actually a quality singer as well. So I, I just thought that you should know that. <laughs> in case it forms uh, your, your opinion on his suitability as a manager? I don't think I could love him anymore, but you just added to that, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, to answer your question, 100% he deserves it. Um, obviously, last season, we finished literally just outside the playoffs on goal difference. So this is under Nigel Adkins, and um, obviously we had high hopes for this season. Uh, we lost Chucked and EK to Birmingham, uh, Liam Millard uh, as well. He was on loan from Liverpool, and players like Ian Martin, who's he's um, he's owned by Chelsea, but he's playing for Coventry now, and he's doing really well. Um, so we lost a couple of players, but you know we we brought in a couple of new ones. Got you know Jaden Stockley tied down on a longer contract, and people like that. So well, he was on loan last season, so we tied him down um, permanently. Um, so we didn't have a bad transfer window by any means, um, but for some reason I don't know why this season Nardrakens just couldn't produce the same results that he got last time out um, and it became blaringly obvious uh, towards the end of his um, his time being boss that he needed to go. It's a shame because I think, you know, he obviously has the credentials to get teams out of League One. Um, you know, he's done it before with Southampton. He's taken Scunthorpe up the leagues as well. Um, but I think it might have been a case if he'd just been out of the job for too long that he'd kind of lost his touch maybe, which is obviously sad because he he's a, comes across as a very nice guy, um, but unfortunately didn't work out. Um, obviously, that then left room for Johnny Jackson to take over as caretaker manager. Um, and Jacko has been our, he's been our caretaker manager before when Lee Boyer got sacked um, when we were, oh, yeah, it was last season, halfway through last season. Um, and he's been our assistant manager since like 2018. So he had a season um, before he retired as player coach. Um, and then he's gone on to 
earning his coaching badges. He's been assistant manager, gone caretaker manager. And then obviously now Dragons came in, so he went back to being assistant. Um, and now it's kind of been like this is his perfect opportunity to prove that he has the ability to take on the job full time as as manager. Um, and to be honest, I don't think anyone could have done a better job. Um, you know, we faced London the way, as I said, you know, we thought we'd have absolutely no chance. I thought we were going to get talked about 6-0. So, <laughs> so when that game was impressive in itself, I was like, give him the job now. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, since then we held um, Rotherham, who were very good in League One, the probably high-flying team. We held them to a draw at the Valley, obviously beat um, top of the table Plymouth yesterday. Um, and I think what all fans have kind of noticed, all Charlton fans have noticed, is that Jordan Jackson just has a very good relationship with all the players. And sometimes in football that doesn't necessarily work because you end up being too pally with the players to the point where you can't really say to your mate, oh, no, I'm not playing you this week and it all becomes a bit too complicated. But, you know, I think Jackson has a very strong head on his shoulders. He's proved that, um, you know, over the last like five, six games he's been in charge. And um, I think... Our owner, well, I don't think, I know our owner last week came out and said he was still going to continue the search for at least another month for another manager. Now, when someone's won 13 points out of a possible 15, or 12 points out of a possible 15, I can't remember which one it is now, but you just think, obviously, you don't want to jump the gun, but if you have a guy that's already there, He's gaining the momentum. We're going on a really good run. He understands the club inside out. He's been here for 11 years. You know, he's our club captain. The fans adore him. I don't know what else you would kind of require because he was talking to Michael Bill, um, who was or is still Stephen Gerrard's um, right-hand man when they were at Rangers and now Aston Villa. Um, you know, there was rumours going around about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. I was like, no, like, <laughs> like no offence to him, but I feel like we just have the perfect person in Johnny Jackson. And it just begs the question of, you know, what else does he need to do now, especially after the weekend, going and beating the league leaders who haven't lost since the opening game of the season? Just makes you think no other manager is going to have the rapport with the club and the players and the fans that Johnny Jackson does. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I can't see any argument against not, not having him now, even if you just had him on a deal to the end of the season, just to offer some kind of stability. I think I can't really understand why the owner wouldn't want him to be there full time. I think maybe he just needs to serenade the owner with a, a great song and that will seal the deal well the funny thing is Sangard plays the guitar as well because he he wrote he wrote a song called addicts to victory right it's just been very controversial i'm not a fan of heavy metal so i can't comment but you know so they could both play the guitar together so i don't see why it's not happened yet but yeah there we go super band at charlton not just the football team exciting stuff but no i think you're right i think johnny jackson Deserves the chance. Obviously, he's an ex-Spurs player as well. Actually, his <laughs> only goal for Spurs was against Charlton at the Valley. So it was clearly, funny, <laughs> clearly meant to be for him um, at Charlton. And, but he's connected to Arsenal too. Apparently, he grew up as a big Arsenal fan. So there we go. Johnny Jackson's connected to all of our clubs. It's true. There you go, yeah. <laughs> um, mostly Charlton, of course. But um, let's talk a bit more about Charlton. And let's talk about, well, we, I mentioned John Joe Shelby earlier. But essentially, I guess in the what was it, 13 years, 14 years since Charlton haven't been in the Premier League. You've had a lot of really exciting young players that have made the move 
upwards. Um, John Joe Shelby, as I said, Adamola Luckman, Esri Konza, Joe Gomez. I mean, there's there's more as well. A lot, a lot of really impressive young players. But what's interesting in recent times is a couple of weeks ago, another young Charlton um, player, an 18-year-old, Deji El, oh, I'm probably going to say his surname wrong. So sorry, Deji El. <laughs> actually, Tash, how, how say his surname for me. <laughs> I think it's Elariri, I think. Elariri, okay. <laughs> Sorry if yeah, I just so, butchered that. Yeah, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he, he's just actually signed a long-term contract until 2024, which is obviously massive for the club. And what I wanted to ask you, Tash, was do you think that the signing of this contract is basically evidence of a new strategy at, at Charlton, where now all the, you know, the, the next generation of really exciting young players, the, the priority is going to be to sign them up to a long-term contract and, and effectively try and get them up to the championship um, or even the Premier League. Like, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's what fans have been calling out for for the last, like, 10-plus years, just to hold on to our homegrown talent. I mean, obviously, inevitably, if we get stuck in League One and there's players that can play in the Premier League, of course, I understand, like, they have to move on. I get that. But especially when we were in the Championship um, back in, like, 2015, uh, 2016, around that time, like, we had, like, Nick Pope. Um, who else do we have at the time? We also had, like, Joe Gomez in 2015, as you said. There are loads of players that if we had been a better organised club um, and a better run club, we would have been able to hold on to them. Um, and obviously with Sangard, um, he took over back in September of last year. Um, and one of his promises really was to say, you know, we're going to do our best to make sure that, you know, whilst our, we can sign-growing talent, we're going to keep up with them and their abilities and make sure that we can grow together and not lose out on them to bigger clubs with who are going to pay higher wages and are going to be more attractive. Um, so that's been really good. Um, obviously, like, it used to happen to us when we were in the Premier League, so like Scott Parker breaking all of our hearts and going to Chelsea when we should have made Europe, but that's another subject. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you have to accept it. And, you know, being a club in League One, I, I completely get it's not the most attractive outfit in the world. It's not. But I think it's good to know that the ambition is there to not only progress up the leagues and hopefully get back to the Premier League, but also to hold on to those that come to the academy because we've produced some amazing players, as you know, over the years. Um, and, you know, I sometimes think about the team that we could have had if we'd have held on to some of the players, like even Joe Rebo, who we had in 2019 when we got promoted from League One last time. Like, he's obviously incredible for Rangers. Um, and someone tweeted the other day, like the lineup, the, the combined lineup that we could have now with the people we had in 2019, it's just insane. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed for the future, we'll be able to hold on to them for a bit longer, like um, Eloiri as well. It sounds like things are slowly moving in the, the right direction and maybe, yeah, Johnny Jackson, if he does get permanent um, charge of, of, of the squad, might be the guy to sort of continue to push things up the league, maybe into the championship and who knows, back to the promised land of the Premier League that we all grew up watching Charlton in um, at the Valley. Yeah. I remember, um, I think, being particularly disappointed as a kid one time when uh, you lot beat Arsenal at Highbury. And uh, uh, Richard Wright, who I think just decided to punch the ball into into our own net for no reason, which helped you guys on the way. Um, of course, the iconic Thierry Henry back heel through the defender's legs as well was another kind of cool Arsenal and Charlton moment from Premier League history. So a club yeah. that kind of feels like, um, especially from, yeah, the Kirbishley era when things were going so well, like it, it, mm. it has a place in the Premier League, sort of waiting for it when, when you guys, I guess, are ready. 
Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's so many people, like so many people, and I tell them I'm a Charlton fan, they're like, oh, I wish you guys were back in the Premier League. Like, I remember, like, you know, I had all my match attacks and all the used to be Charlton players and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm glad we missed. No, definitely, definitely. An iconic Premier League, early Premier League side for sure. And um, speaking of that Premier League time, it's time actually for, for another quick game before we wrap things up. This one's a bit of a work in progress. If the first one, if you didn't think the first one was, this one definitely is. <laughs> um, so bear with us. But we're actually going to be paying homage to a Charlton back four from the 2001-2002 season that gained football trivia infamy simply for its combination of names from right back mm. to left back, which we all know read Young Fish Costa Fortune. So rather than forming sentences like that one uh, with footballers' names, because honestly that just sounds too difficult, <laughs> we're going to be building just one player's name starting with a footballer's name and then you can add other footballer's names to the front and the end of the name so on and so forth so i've got an example because i know this is probably a little bit confusing for you guys um so for instance if i started with john terry as the foundation of this round let's say joe would go first he could say stern john terry as in stern john and then it would be tasha's turn and she could say for instance stern john terrico henry yeah. right you could say that so we put three players together into one name so far stern john john terry and rico henry okay so let's just jump into this and see how it goes the winner will be whichever one of us can sort of keep pushing through with the names and the other two fail um within a reasonable amount of time and uh, the order will be i'll start then joe and then tash so let's see how this goes we'll start with phil foden so joe can you tag on to that yeah, I think so. Um, Phil Foden-Ilson? <laughs> Does that count? Or was that yeah, that, that counts. Tash, do okay. you have something that can join this name? Yeah, to join Danilson, young men. There you go. So we've got uh, Phil Foden-Ilson, hung men. Okay, and that's up to me now. <laughs> what could uh, go before? Okay, there was a player who played for Spurs called uh, Eiffel. Was it Paul Eiffel or, or Phil Eiffel, Joe? Phil Eiffel. I think Phil there Eiffel. was another there was another player called Paul Eiffel, but yeah, okay. Phil Eiffel. Well, let's go for Phil Eiffel Fodenil Son Hung Min. I'm glad I'm not next. That's it's all I'm saying. Start with um, Min or something yeah. like Min or it's got to end in Phil or something yeah. like that. Stephen McPhail. Would McPhail. that work? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, God. So, what have we got to now? Oh, Stephen. my God. Okay. What? Stephen McPhail, I feel, Fodenil, Son Hung Min. <laughs> uh, I'm completely stumped now. How am I meant to do this? This is just. Oh wow! I don't. I don't know if I can do. Wow! I can't think of anything. I've got, I've got one. I've got one. Okay, go for it. Um, or wait, wait. What was the first one I said? Was you said Phil? Paul. Wait, Joe. What was that? You said Paul Stephen McPhail, and oh, you Stephen McPhail. McPhail. Sorry, it's got to end in. Yeah, that's not. End in Stephen. Steve. Okay, let's think about. Well, that that, that could be fine because yeah, I can. I, with, uh, okay, Dan yeah, Steven. let's go for um I'm, this is a bit of cheating because like there's one letter missing out, but Ender Stevens. There we go. So Ender Stephen McPhail I Phil Foda Nielsen Hong Min. 
Maybe we need to um, get that printed on a T-shirt, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We take up three, but like six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the three of us actually can stand yeah. side by side and get the names so that yeah. it actually fits. with the like, double barrels in between. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it'll be back at Joe, maybe or Tasha. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I'm stumped at this point. <laughs> honestly, it, Sung Young Min's made it really difficult. Yeah, I, I, I honestly screwed myself over that. Um, so yeah, it begins with Min or ends in Ender. Minty. Is there a player called like Minty or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got one. I've actually oh, I've got, got, I've one. got one. I've got one as well. But go on, Joe. Go on. Oh no! Oh. So you know you go for it. I, I've got the the Brazilian player Minera. Oh okay. Oh, I, I can nice. keep going then because I had one for the beginning as well. So okay, go oh. for it. Andros Townsender Stevens Mc. <laughs> Phil, I Phil Foden, Nilsson, Hung, Minero. Hey! <laughs> that is great. Oh, my God. Um, I never thought I'd do that, but there we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite impressed with us, actually. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, I think maybe if some, if one of us can do one more, we might just have to call them the winner. <laughs> What's the start and end again? I've literally lost track. <laughs> Andro- Andros. Andros, Andros Ender, Stephen McPhail, I, Phil, Foden, Nielsen, Hung, Min, Nero. I don't even know. I'm, I'm stumped. Not gonna lie. Kai, you might have to save yeah. us here. You might have to... A bit of cheating to... maybe again, but what? Julian Brandt, Dross, Townsend. <laughs> Julian Brandt, <laughs> Or like Brent, Brent, the one who plays for Dortmund, but again, taking some liberties with sort of the pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, maybe we'll call this one a draw too. <laughs> <Three ways. laughs> I, feel, I feel, you know, we've, we've done pretty well. We've, um, uh, we've combined. Yeah, I literally, I, all I do is contribute song or mid. I'm happy with that though. Uh, yeah, it made it difficult, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've got to throw these things in sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that feels... Um, that feels like a good place to end things today. So um, <laughs> I want to thank my co-host Kaitel as always. And then an extra special thank you to our wonderful guest and her first ever podcast as well, Tash. So thank you so much for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed yourself, but also for our listeners um, who have tuned into this one, where can they follow you and kind of keep up to date with all of the stuff you're doing? Uh, yeah, so my Twitter uh, is at Tash Everett um and yeah just follow me on there but thank you guys so much for having me on here it's been really funny loved it thank you thank you tash it's been yeah pleasure was all ours definitely enjoyed this a lot of fun with the games good to talk about charlton something we don't particularly do often and good to have someone i think our first sort of representative from Talksport on here as well again something iconic that you know football fans across across the nation um, would have grown up listening to still listening to um especially i remember on my way back from uh games uh just first thing in the car get talk sport on very yeah. iconic so best of luck to you tash uh, on your journey there um to our listeners if you enjoyed this interview please do follow us wherever you like to stream your podcasts just look for united mates football podcast that's going to be same way to find us on youtube if you feel like putting some faces to these voices please subscribe while you're at it if you can on twitter instagram and facebook we are at united mates fp so give us a follow there And then for all of that content and more in one place, visit the website, unitedmatesfp.com.
until next time, everyone, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Goodbye. Come <laughs>